episode 55 of the Two Sporting Muppets and welcome back to 2024, our first episode of the year. Been a while, but it's great to catch up again and start chatting about sport. With no further ado, my welcome my co-host to the microphone and welcome to the new year. How are you, Gray? I'm very well, thanks, Greg. Champing at the bit, like a new kid going off to school or a Christmas time, just a bit of a break and we ate. And been plenty happening and also, but more importantly, plenty about to Yeah, so that really in-between time. And yeah, we both had busy summers and didn't record over the summer, but kept our eye on the sport, of course, the whole time. But as you said, about to launch into a very busy season. So a bit of a recap of what's gone on over summer and then obviously launch into the, the serious stuff that's about to start. So when you're ready, mate, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, well, before we focus on sport, very quickly, Greg, how was your, how was your summer? How was your break? Yeah, yeah, good. Had a had a good Christmas, good time, few days to relax, bit of work thrown in there as well, visited the family. So yeah, all round, very, very good. Caught some sport, of course, as well. Wonderful. Well, as you know, we, we went over to the US. Family had a great time, Hawaii, California, Texas. Unfortunately, got COVID towards the end. Soured our trip to San Antonio a little bit. Overall, just great. Did the Disneyland thing, caught some sport. NFL, Chargers versus the Bulls at SoFi, while the stadium. So the NBA, the Spurs were unfortunately struggling, but just to see, you know, struggling, but yet still nearly filled their stadium. Mm. The support, the Yanks, yeah. they just get headed. They do. It's, 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 it, it's an event. Every sporting, I mean, every time I've visited, seen sport there, and I've, certainly, I've been to a couple of NBA matches and a couple of NH hockey matches, and it's, it's an event. It's beyond just the game. The game is brilliant, but it's beyond that. It's just the whole experience is phenomenal. Particularly like Chargers, who played the Bill, they had just, they were out of contention. Coach had just been sacked that week. Nothing to play for, really. Still sold out almost. Like, all the fans still turned up. The Bills had to win that game and only just did. So, yeah, just, you know, not the best. Bit scrappy here and there, but just just and, yeah, just experiencing the NFL time. Um, won't be the last. Yeah, no, as I said with your message, I was a bit jealous because I haven't been to NFL yet, but it's certainly on the bucket list, and hopefully one day I'll be able to tick that box as well. All right, another sport, Greg. So, obviously, the cricket season, the test matches, um, two touring teams. So, Pakistan. Australia won that series 2-0. Now, Pakistan actually, and they actually went okay, although it was 2 and Australia won the test comfortably enough, but they were quite competitive. Pakistan traditionally don't do that well out here. They actually like the hard, bouncy pitches. But yeah, they batted well, had some good bowling. Fielding really let them down, catching. Yeah, I agree. I, I, thought they were, I was pleasantly surprised how competitive they were against Australia. It it, look, I, I guess, as you said, the results in the, the two tests that had results were quite dominant to Australia, but I think the, they're actually at certain stages over those days, it was much closer than the end of results showed to be. And you're right, I think, bottom line, their fielding let them down. They just weren't disciplined in the field as they could have been. And I think that could have changed the results or certainly they made it even closer. But they were entertaining to watch and competitive games to watch. Yeah, it's a well done, well done, Pakistan. Catches win matches, as they say. And the Windy Series. So we went to the... First day of the Sydney test, as we always do, mm. try to do. Look, even that test, although Australia won comfortably, there were signs there, weren't there? Yeah, there was, definitely. It wasn't one-sided like I thought it was going to be from the first ball at all. Yeah, and the first day was good. They had a real crack with the back. Shamar Joseph, who we didn't know as a bowler, but he you know, he made right at the end. And they weren't mugs. The, now, they didn't have a great start, but then they had a couple of bats in, and it was a good day. Yeah, but then, of course, the day neither in Brisbane. What a... What a great result, cricket, but 
obviously the West winning by eight runs. Yeah, to beat Australia, look, we've we've talked about the the sad state of West Indies cricket and particularly Test cricket for a while now. But to see them beat Australia in Australia, it was it was good for cricket. It was brilliant for West Indies cricket, but I think good for world cricket. It was it was outstanding, and they played. They deserved it. They played so well. No argument. See, and we mentioned Joseph, who bowled so well in the lead up to that last innings, but then you know had his toe smashed that Yorker, and they thought he wasn't going to play, you know, broken toe or whatever, but it wasn't broken, severely sore. He wasn't, he turned up to the ground, not expecting to play that day, the last day. Filled okay, obviously got a needle or two, and thought, I'll have a crack. Out, out he went, took seven wickets. Unbelievable performance. And how exciting was it? They just needed, was the eight run. Yeah. And Paul Hazelwood, you know, who, he, he batted 11 reason, and just, yeah, the ball went through, and celebrations were, and to see, you would have seen the footage, obviously Lara in the commentary box, but Carl Hooper in tears. I mean, yeah, just what it meant to them after so many, yeah, in the wilderness. And- oh, misery. Cricket misery, test cricket misery for the West Indies. And when you talk about, yeah, Carl Hooper and Lara, some of the greats that are still around the, following them in the commentary tour, so they get to see the bad times. To, to see their celebration was, yeah, as I said, it was brilliant for cricket and brilliant for world cricket and surely a boost to West Indies cricket, which is just struggling at every level. Certainly hope so. I just hope it's one-off, that they can actually build on that. But to find young men like Joseph, you know, in you know, out in the rainforest in Guyana, the tip of South America, but finding people that want to play. And know. his comments at the end that he will always make himself available for Test cricket, regardless of the money in 2020, he'll be available for West Indies Test cricket. That I hope you hold that holds true because that was really good to hear. You hope you hope he sticks to that because absolute breath of fresh air but he wasn't the only one but he was obviously outstanding talent so yeah hopefully the windies keep it up great just great for the game um just briefly the big bash the women's big bash was taken out by the adelaide strikers and brisbane heat returned the form they were pretty solid throughout the season and they beat in the final of the men's big bash on to soccer just recently it's not really ancient news is it only this week but the matildas have qualified for the Olympics. yeah that was in melbourne earlier this week it was everyone was nervous in the lead up because we had to as long as we didn't lose by more than three nil, we're through. But we won by ten. Ten nil. So that was very, and that was without Sam Kerr. So very, very comfortable win, and they've continued that outstanding form from the World Cup last year. And the Uzbekistan ladies, you know, coming from minus one degrees out to it, it was a very hot, very hot time, few days. So they were always, but well done. Credit as Victorians do. Credit to the crowd. Massive crowd turned out for the Matildas again. Not our most popular sporting team at the moment. Nil. Definitely yeah, football. Just good to see the support has continued after the World Cup. So that was brilliant. Well done and good luck to the Matildas. Unfortunately, they will be without Sam Kerr. It won't be recovered in time, but they'll get, they'll get Jake, I think. Rugby league, obviously normal off-season. Ridiculously quiet in terms of player behaviour. It was, which was great, pl- positive. pleasantly surprising. Probably the two things to come out of it. One that certainly brought a smile to my face, and I've been banging on about this, Philandy's confirming that very, very high probability the next NRL team will be, doesn't matter, it might be in Perth, it might be wherever, but it's going to be the Bears. Which is great, and you have been banging on that for a long time. And <laughs> bring back the Bears, the history the Bears have, and attach that to wherever that new club is, label it the Bears and all their, their records and history that goes with it. Because then, then you've got that community buy-in straight away. Yep, and you've got yeah, plenty of supporters that will come and see them play in Sydney. It's no, um, and the club challenge, unfortunately, Penrith really want to win that contest and they've been trying for so long. Unfortunately, again, they'll, were they robbed a little bit? Say a couple of times went against them, but end of the day when it mattered, couldn't get the job done. But Wigan narrow winning the World Club Challenge. There was, yeah, one of the tries. Dodge, the last dodgy. try, the one right on close to full time. Look, 
really. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah, it was a dodgy call. I'm not going to take that away. But really, the defence, if they were good enough, they wouldn't have even had the opportunity. And that Bevan French try where he was a meal on the front, if that had happened, you know, Wigan would have scored. So swings and roundabout. I would have thought, though, for Penn, the fact that the Roosters have won the World Club Challenge five times would fire them up. Because, you know, anything the Roosters, every other NRL team wants to beat, don't they? Or at least no, it, it must be. Yeah, they just can't get it done. It's hard. It's hard to go. Over. Must be nagging at them seriously because they've done everything else. They are by far the most dominant club over the last ten years, particularly the last five years, but haven't quite been able to snag that world uh, world cup championship or club championship, I should say. And particularly, yeah, not being able to do the job at home last well. But hey, but as Nathan Cleary said, I saw him by the BBC afterwards, and he said, "Hey, rather be here and lose than not." And I think that's a fair comment. Now. NFL, Greg, speaking of Super Bowl, produced another classic. It was, went and had a look at it. It was a great, great day out. It was, yeah, very defensive first half the game was. I know you caught it as well. Chingwai, you're working very hard. But great, even then it opened up and it was just excitement and going to overtime. I was surprised. Only the second ever Super Bowl to go to overtime. Look, I, I'm like, you've only recently got into NFL and I guess that's on the back of your interest. And I was shocked that they said that was, your comment just then that I was shocked it was only the second Super Bowl that's gone to overtime. I, I couldn't believe that in the in the history of American football. So that that was interesting. As you said, the, the, the first half was very defensive orientated, a bit dour, but the second half was brilliant. I loved it. I loved this watching the second half. Oh, to see the players under pressure and how well most form and like Brock Purdy, 49ers, who just came came from nowhere. Sorry, I've done, I'm having a bit of a blank thinking thinking his nick what was his nickname? Because he was last pick in the draft. Mr. Insic, no, it's a word for it. He's got, yeah, mystery relevant. Fine. But he was, 49ers didn't do a lot wrong. No, and I was saying to a colleague at work who's a huge NFL fan, we were both saying, Mr. Purdy's in for a very, very big payday. Absolutely. Well, yeah, what was his, um, comp- did you see the stats yes. when they compared his wage? Yeah. yeah. Like, how many minutes? Mahomes earns his whole wage every eight minutes or something. <laughs> it was crazy. Like his whole Purdy's whole annual, like his whole salary for the season, Mahomes was, like, was with every five or every eight minutes he was earning yeah, that something much. Like that. It was just crazy. So as as you, they didn't do a lot wrong, and he he didn't let the team. He was quite solid all the way through. Very solid. And Mahomes, yeah, he didn't do a hell of a lot until it mattered. Look, he he showed his class in the fact that in that second half when he had to, he turned it on. He did what had to be done, and also the pressure because going to overtime with. Chiefs could have even won it earlier. 49ers, you know, they look like just been hemmed down at their own 30-yard line. And they made that good play, got up, kicked the field goal. Just the, just the calmness under pressure. Because you think, okay, the Chiefs are good enough to score a touchdown because they have one possession to do so. But you've got to remember, if there's a turnover, that's the game's over. But yet the calmness of Mahomes, Kelsey, et cetera, just to get up. You knew what was going to happen. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. The, yeah. And look, the experience showed through. It really did. But no, it was that second. Look, it was a great game. I enjoyed every minute of it. The, but the um, the second half particularly with the overtime, brilliant. No, really, really good. And yeah, just exciting. And the, although I didn't feel it because it was the longest, I said the longest ever actual, you know, in terms of the time it took to play a Super Bowl ever. No, great result. And, you know, at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, CNRL is playing playing there this week. And tennis, Greg, just briefly, uh, the Australian Open. And it, great to see a changing of the guard. In the men, it was. It's nice to see the slowly changing over. Now, did you catch the final? I did not, Genic. unfortunately. No. Genic Sinner and Medvedev. Now, Sinner did the job of ending Djokovic' fantastic, you know, success. The Open. You think, oh, is he going to again? I must mention, and he does, in my opinion, 
Sverev, like pretender, absolute pretender, in my opinion. You know, keeps making the semifinals, whatever, and finds a way. Anyway, so Medvedev beat him. Sinner played really fantastic to beat Djokovic. Medvedev, we must admit, he's not the most popular player. No, he's so a bit of most a... people, yeah. most people were behind. But anyway, Sinner didn't start well, and Medvedev all over him the first two sets. Although towards the end of the second, he didn't have much luck. No, and he started to come good. He just felt starting to get a bit better. If he can win this third set. He might be onto something, and that's what happened. So he started playing out his ability, won the third set, and then won the next two. Not not ridiculously comfortably, but comfortably enough. Yeah, so Sina, Italian. I think he's the first Italian to win the Australian Open. I think you might be right um, with that, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? People sometimes go, because I've got an Italian mate, a friend of years ago, who says, you know, you know, Mediterranean, olive skin. He says there are Italians who are blonde, fair skin, you know. They live up in the north in the mountains. And yeah. So, you know, you know, sort of from that part of Italy, northern Italy. Yeah, but no, he's great future ahead of him. Look, Djokovic is at the end. Well, no, he'll be around for more years. Is is at the end of his dominance? Yes, probably so. I think he'll still probably win a cup. Well, he's still got probably a grand slam or two left in him, but he won't be as dominant as he has been in the last decade or last 15 years. I agree with you. It'll start to slide off a bit. Yeah, no, I think slowly the worm is starting to turn. But hey, like or loathe Djokovic, you cannot, you cannot argue against you know, success. Just... No, and he's, I'm not a huge fan of him. I don't, yeah, but look, his talent and his success, you can't take it away from him. Brilliant. Brilliant player. All right, when you're ready, go. And in the women's, it was Anna Sabalenka, who was too strong for the Chinese player, Queen Wen Zeng. 6-3-2, so pretty comfortable victory there, which unfortunately, lately, the women can tend to be. But also, I guess the men's finals of sometimes are fizzers. But probably the men's doubles, interesting for Australia, Matthew Ebden, you know, a bit of a journeyman. With another journeyman, Rowan Bapana, who is 43, the Indian player, been around the traps for years, oldest Grand Slam winner. So great great job for both of those players. Yeah, crazy. as you said, Edmund's been a bit of a journeyman, toiled away in the double circuit for many years, been successful, but never had great success as a singles player, but certainly had some success as a doubles player. And it was good to see him get up. And, and as you said, with another journeyman, someone in the twilight of their career, be so successful. It was actually a, a feel-good moment, I guess. Well, it was a great moment. And another great moment, well, also, look, Alex Moir didn't made it, made the quarters. I think it was the quarters, yeah. Tournament from him. He, he always go and win a Grand Slam and he's got potentially the ability, but he's now in the top 10. Yeah, I saw that just after you, he did well in another tournament after Australian Open has cracked the top 10. So, yeah, he's still on the rise, which is great. Yeah, he is. Look, we won't debate it now. Talking in my household, is he, is he as good as he's ever going to? Is he actually going? I, I think, I, I don't, fortunately, I think he's going to be one of those players Falls a little bit short. He just hasn't got enough weapons on it. I think he's going to perennial quarterfinal semifinalist. Yep. I think a lot will have to go his way for him to get through. A bit like, and I'm not diminishing her achievements, Sam Stozer winning that a US Open final. Mm-hmm. Everything just went perfect for her yep. in that in that year or that tournament. I think he's there or thereabouts. If other cards fall the right way, he could get a, like one success at that level. But consistently... Like you said, I don't think he has the weapons. Outstanding player and will support him because he's got the right attitude, right demeanor. I think he represents himself and the game really, really well. But I, I'm just not sure he's got all the weapons he needs at that very elite level. But that said, he's, he's going to be in the top 10, hover around that, you know, 10 to 10, 9, 8, 7, that sort of ranking in the men's for a little while. And if all the cards fall the right way, he could have, you know, get through on a Grand Slam. Yeah, Snaffle's a Grand Slam or two. Well, well done. And let's face it, even our really great players, many of them in recent times, only did that anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, similar to Hewitt in his heyday, who was jack-in-the-box, great court coverage, 
just an absolute goer. You know, he won a couple. So, yep. yeah. But will he be absolutely dominant, like, you know, winning Grand Slam? Not at will, but, you know, one a year on average. Probably not quite there. But, hey, he might prove us wrong. But you never know. Correct. He does, but that'll will be great, great few years of Australian tennis. And lastly, Jordan Thompson cracked his first ATP tournament victory last week. Saw that as well, yeah. Now, yeah. Another bit of a bit of a journeyman. Yes, it must take a lot of mental fortitude to hang around when you you know you're ranked in the fifties and forties and perennially you know second first round knocked out and but just keep going. It must be a hard slog. Oh, particularly when you know it sounds glamorous, but you know when you're not sure if you're going to make enough money to pay the bills, basically. So well done to him. No credit to him. All right, Greg. So that's a wrap of the summer. So now we can talk about here and now. So look out. NRL chat, obviously, we'll get into and I'll take a little bit, but we might go a few other things beforehand. Sure. Finish with the NRL. How's that sound? That sounds like a good plan. All right. So the cricket test match, which is happening as we speak, Australia over to the dit playing against our New Zealand cousin. And we're certainly dominating. Um, We were bowled out for 383. Now, probably know as well. The end of day one, we were nine for 208 odd. And not looking good. Not looking good. So we looked like, you know, in all... Honesty should have been should have been rolled for about three hundred. But day two yesterday, Green came out. Green who was not out on a bit over a hundred. And Josh Hazelwood played. You know, twenty. He was tw- he made twenty two run. He hung around. So Green wheeled the willow. A little bit of luck here and there, but just some oh Green great hitting to make hundred and seventy four not out. By the time Kiwis finally got our boys out, so three hundred and eighty three. But basically a hundred extra runs when they should have got. No, and, and look, Green was outstanding, but you've got to give Hazelwood credit just for being able to hang around. He's not, as you said earlier in the pod, he's 11 for, he bats at 11 for a reason, but he just did what he needed to do to stay there to give Green an opportunity, and you've got to give credit to it, credit to him. And like anyone that bats, it doesn't matter how, you know, what your ability, if you hang around for a while, it gets a little bit easier. Yep. And he, pl- he played a couple of really nice shots, just, you know, probably a cover drive of the day. So, no, well done to, to him. And look, New Zealand, unfortunately, I read an article, New Zealand, Mentally, Australia, they're just, Australia just have the wood over them. They really do. And you would have seen it as well, but I felt sorry that the, the bizarre circus, the run out of Williamson, who is not only their best player and captain, he's number one in the world at the moment, batsman. Oh, great bat. And, and he's great to watch. You and I both enjoy watching him bat, the way the style he plays, great captain. But just the disaster was that run out. It was just so sad. It was really sad to see because that sort of made the – straight away you felt Australia were going to dominate in that first inning. Very sad. Only only people, like two people on the planet who probably were happy about it were Matthew and Mark Wall because it was worse than, it was worse than Ed the Buck. Yes, it was. Years, years ago. It, it was – you're right, just absolute mid-piss collision. Stark did nothing wrong. He was – but he, he wasn't far from it. It was – he was like, what the hell? And meanwhile, Labashan ball up as he does, shoots down the stumps. So, Zealand, 179 they made. It looked lucky to get that because they were – Five or five for about 78. Yeah, they were lucky to get that much. In fact, you could say they were 100 more than they should have got as well, like a bit like Australia. Yeah, like Philip Phillips, an excellent 71 for about even money, number of balls faced. Henry, a bowler, some really, really hitting 42 from our bowlers. Hazelwood continued his great day, 2-5, and Nathan Lyon, 4 for 43, continuing on. But late last night, then we went and had a dig. Labajan and Smith both, again, went cheaply. Just not not happening for you know these two blokes who could do nothing wrong a couple of years ago. Eighteen months ago, they were the you know halos over the head and couldn't do anything wrong. Are really struggling at the moment. Look, Labashan's struggling more than Smith. Yep. But Smith's shot—it's sort of funny, isn't it? It was a sort of shot that he plays a million times, 
And normally, because of his great eye, scores runs of it. But the way you pl- see him get out to it, you know, going, you know, shuffling across, bat not in line, playing on, you think, God, why does, that could happen every time he, but every time he bats. That's right. Yeah, he but, didn't do anything different. It just, yeah, it's just timing slightly off at the moment, obviously. Yeah, often played it on. And look, a bit unlucky, Shane. Got strangled down the leg side. Yeah. Happens sometimes. Yeah, he just, he just cannot find a runner. Not at the moment, no. Yeah, so the current, look, I'll check the current score. But Nathan Lyon played a really good innings this morning. They, they showed up a stat, players in test cricket with the most most runs without a 50, and he leads it. That'd be, that'd be about right, about yeah. 1,500 runs. Yeah, which is a, yeah, which is not a bad effort. Um, so he's leading that, and we thought today could be the day, and I was hoping it was. He was forty-one, a bit of luck, but you know, throwing the bat at thing. But he, yeah, he flipped one up mid-wicket, unfortunately. But he was gone for forty-one. But hey, when you're sent in as a night watch, what more can you do? That's, Mate, that's forty-one runs. That's probably about thirty-five runs they didn't expect to have. So there you go. That's a bonus. No, and look, still good for his average. Although he didn't quite get a get a fifty. So yeah, so the, look, obviously Australia well over or nearly three hundred in front. So disappointing for New Zealand, but New Zealand take, you know, run through Australia, Dave, reasonably cheaply, who knows. But Australia, we're currently 113 for four. So we're, we're ahead by France. So there's, look, the weather, a little bit of rain around the next few days, but not enough to wash it out, I don't think. So head head and green at three, 17 and 24, not out respectively. But the Kiwis have a fair bit, of, fair bit to do, save that. Could be, it could be, a, if the form goes the way it should, there could be a long day for the Kiwis. I think I think it might be, but we'll see what happens. AFL oh, it starts very soon. I probably next week or the week after. A little bit different. It's starting in Sydney. A uh, couple of games in or game in Sydney, and then season proper. Although, although it's still part of the ground launch, official launch as such later. So as usual, the AFL fans are champing at the bit. You know they've done their preseason games. Well, there's still actually one or two of them going on, ready for the for the launch short. Now there's something that you wanted to mention about the AFL, Greg. Oh, I just think I just think the AFL do things so well, and I'm like you're a rugby league fan, so I'm not going to take. But NRL take everything away from Sydney, go to Las Vegas. So what do the AFL do? Bring football straight in where there's no other football, and I just think that is such that was such a good plan. As you said, it's a bit weird. The launch is not the launch, but because all the attention in Las Vegas is no games in Sydney, so the AFL would actually have the first games in Sydney of the season of either code. Yeah, of the elite code. And I just think that is just such clever planning and mark. I just think the AFL get it right over and over again. No, they do. They administ- their administration, they they do really well. Now, something that I'm not going to bang on about, but the world we live in. Did you hear? You know, they have the AFL official record each year where they list every squad with you know the player stats, the players, you know. Oh yes, yeah. So, heights, yep. weights, yep, history, all that sort of stuff. And apparently now they're not going to list the weight of the player and. Well, whether whether that, that I heard this a few weeks ago, and then I I just scoffed and you know haven't heard since. It might be, but there was talk of you know that, oh players who were carrying a bit too much or whatever didn't want to. But seriously, where do you stop? Exactly. What, do you then get some short guy say oh, I don't oh, I don't I, I'm embarrassed about my height. height. Yeah, exactly. And then you say oh, I don't want someone knowing my name. So what we just have avatars. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like where does it yeah, stop? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, I agree Absolutely. with you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, surely, you're a professional athlete. Now, that's your your body's your tools of trade. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Totally. Well, anyway, we move on. Rugby Union, Greg, you're very, the um, Melbourne Rebels. Mate, I didn't want to harp on it because you and I are both not into Rugby Union because they're a shit show and it just continues over the summer. So on the eve of the, oh, what's it called now? It's not Super Rugby, Super Pacific, Super something or other, We play, the conference we play in the Southern Hemisphere, yep. which is basically Australia and New Zealand. 
Um, and on the eve, the rebels go into administ- the Melbourne team, the Melbourne rebels go into administration. They owe millions of dollars. They've got like seventeen thousand in the bank account. Australian rugby had to take over the license and prop them up for the season. And it looks like they're actually going to fold at the end of the season. It's just the state of Australian rugby in a nutshell. Another another club folding because the force folded. Not good. Not good at all for. So for I Ra-Ras. think Rugby Australia said they've got the finance to make sure the Rebels get paid for the season. Oh, on a skeleton, at least for the players. They sack some staff. They're like a skeleton coach, coaching and medical staff. So the players are guaranteed their payments for the season, but basically been told it's going to fold after that. Sad. Now, all their administrators got a fair bit of work. Yeah. Now, talk hoops, Greg, on the local front first. So the NBL final starts shortly. Yeah, so we're in the, they've got this. It, it's really good for the spectator. A bit of a play-in where it's a 10-team competition. The top two after the regular season are guaranteed in the finals, and then three, four, five, and six have like a play-in. So the way it works, one and two are guaranteed and split off. Two and three play off and four, sorry, two, three and four play off and five and six play off. The loser of five and six drop out, they're gone. So Sid, that was Sydney, New Zealand on Wednesday night, and Sydney lost, so they're out for the season. Three and four played, which happened to be Tasmania and Illawarra. The loser of that game, which was Illawarra, play New Zealand, who was the winner of the Sydney-New Zealand game, and the winner goes straight off to the finals and they play Perth, who finished second. So Tasmania and Perth are now guaranteed one semi-final. Melbourne are waiting for the winner of Illawarra and New Zealand on Monday night, and they will go off from the playoffs. So it continues a lot of interest for that top six. So it gets a bit convoluted, but I think it's really good for the spectator and makes a bit more interest for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it, more teams are a chance, doesn't it? It just so fair. Yeah, and look, just before we went on our break, actually, my team, the Illawarra Hawks, sacked their coach. I think I mentioned it, and they promoted one of their assistants, Justin Tatum, to the uh, interim head coaching role. They called it, and he happens to be the father of Jason Tatum, the one of the superstars of the NBA in Boston Celtics, and he took them from dead last to fourth, and he was just last week announced as the permanent head coach for the next three years. So. Didn't change any roster, didn't do anything. He just changed the coach and he turned it right around. So he's done something right in that locker room. Got him up to fourth place. Unfortunately, they lost to Tasmania. So they now have to play New Zealand on Monday night. That is home for Illawarra. So it's in Wollongong. So it'd be interesting to see if they can win that, then they go into this other semifinal against Melbourne. So we've got Perth and Tassie in one semifinal and we'll just have to wait to see Monday night who um, faces Melbourne in the other semifinal series. We'll see how that pans out. Yeah, see where we are with that. But that's awesome. Awesome for the NBL. NBA. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so where are we up? So we had the All-Star break. I don't know if you caught the All-Star game. It's not worth watching. It is an absolute piece of shit, and they need no, to do something right. serious about it. Every time the weekend occurs, all the conversation about afterwards is what, what are they going to do. But it's sort of that weekend off where a lot of teams who aren't, like players uninvolved, get away, have a rest and come back. So we're, back, we're on the back half of the season now. Um, Denver are dominant. Denver and OKC are dominant in the West, and Boston are standouts in the East. Yeah, I know that's the Celtics. Yeah, and um, Milwaukee I know and, sorry, East. Though, sorry, the New York Knicks doing well. Gee. Very well. I do have to say, Milwaukee and New York are the next two teams and doing quite well. And I think we'll show at the end. But yeah, still a few few months, a month and a half to go. But yeah, getting to the serious end. Lakers and Gold State are worrying, uh, are struggling, are really struggling. So. They're both in the play-in round, about you know, ninth and 10th in the West at the moment. So I have to see which of those and who gets through. But yeah, 
Uh, on on a, the other bit of Australian basketball news is Paddy Mills, everyone's Australian favourite basketball player, got waived by the Atlanta Hawks yesterday. Yeah, so yeah, I heard that. Interesting to see if he picks up another contract or moves to Europe or comes home and plays NBL next. But it'll be yeah, I don't know where he'll go now. Interesting yeah, to see. Yeah. The most important thing is he's, he's available. He certainly will be available, and, and he will be still. My issue with Paddy is not his commitment, but his lack of playing time and coming into the Olympics a bit. Bit under underplayed, I guess. Underprepared through, through no fault of his own. Underprepared, but look, yeah, I think with the sort of a bit like it doesn't matter when or whatever, it, you know, when it comes to playing for his country, yeah, he'll, uh, yeah, he'll he'll give he'll give it every absolutely, and he'll be ready to go. But certainly is available for Paris, and I think you know, will captain it will be his last Olympics. I think it's number five for him. So anyone who plays or competes at five Olympics. Absolutely outstanding achievement. Oh, no, it's just an absolute gun. Has been for us for a very long time. I did just briefly, Greg. EPL. So cool. I'm back on top. On they won twenty. They played won eighteen games. So points. Yeah, around sixty points. Men and Arsenal, a couple of points behind. So they're going to be out the top three. Aston Villa are on two. Tottenham on forty seven. Then Man United rounding out the top forty four. Mm-hmm. So it's still a bit hard. Top three will fight it out. Villa, Villa, top you, the rest. So look, so for Big Ant, I wouldn't say the honeymoon's over, but, you know, top, had a lot, they're still playing reasonably well. They've got a game in hand. So, you know, they can come close to Aston Villa. So, you know, definitely fighting what in the Champions League. And if not that, you know, they want to finish at least fit to be a shot in the, uh, got the European League, the one championship below the European Cup, whatever it's called these days. Um, going down in the bottom end, and good to see my team West Ham in eighth. So not worrying about the relegation fight at this stage. They'll be safe at least for another season. Fantastic. Down, okay, down the bottom we've got Luton uh, on twenty point eight, their eighteenth spot. They're four point Nottingham Forest seventeenth, and the two likely to go down: Burn, Sheffield United, who are both only on thirty points. So, no, technically, mathematically, not toast yet, but in reality, very close. So not being in the Premier League next year. Yeah, so once, you know, all, there's still a lot of games to go. Just, they play 20, so there's still 12 games to go. Yeah, so just over halfway, a bit over halfway. That'll be interesting to see how that turns out. And last, we head to the NRL, Formula One, first race of the season in Bahrain. Yes, Bahrain, yeah. And any news on the season, Greg? Look, not, oh, the only news I can remember, apart from Daniel Ricciardo, Outstanding performance in the first practice session yesterday. Finished the fastest car, so he's looking good. And Red Bull weren't quite as fast. They've had some dramas with Christian Horner, their team owner or team manager. Had a mean the media for all the wrong reasons, but was cleared apparently yesterday. So we'll continue business as usual. But Lewis Hamilton changing team. Yeah, that was a shock. not this season, but next season. That yeah, was next... a bit of a shock. Yeah, who's he gone back? He's gone to Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. so left Mercedes after having so much success in so many years, and he's heading to Ferrari to finish his career. Money talks, my friend. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But interesting to see how, you know, first real hit out for the in Bahrain this weekend. So I'll probably flick it on Sunday night and have a watch of that. That'll be good. And great to see two of Yes. And they both look reasonably competitive at the moment. So we'll see how that pans out. And that, that will be fantastic to watch. And yeah, I just love it that the more of it. Like two Aussies out of a field of 20, that's not bad. Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's so right. hard to get a drive in Formula One, and we've got two Australians in the field. is quite phenomenal. It's a great effort. All right, so Greg, the on to the real deal. Yep. The NRL, the NRL kicks off. NRL kicks off this weekend in Vegas. Yep. yep. So we have first of all, just the whole, just going back a step, the whole sort of not risk, but foresight and planning to do it. 
make it come to fruition. It's quite an achievement. It's- it is. And I look, I, 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 you know, complimented the AFL for their planning. And I think it is a good initiative from the NRL. Let me see how it goes. I like the fact they've committed, he's committed financially for a few years to try and make it work, to grow Not it the and make it a spectacle and try and, you know, build it um, over a number of years. And I think that's a good plan. I read an article. I don't know if you, I can't, I think it was in the Herald. So you probably did read it, but it was a really good article about how the brand, how they should brand it and they shouldn't call it rugby league. It should be branded NRL because Americans knowledge, as soon as they hear the word rugby is rugby yep. union. And when you think about it, none of the American sports are branded by their sport. You don't call the NBA basketball, you call it NBA. You don't call yep. hockey, ice hockey or hockey, you call it NHL. And I think to differentiate itself as a sport, as, a to- as opposed to rugby union, I think to brand it and use NRL, I think is a good, I hope they do that rather than try and start differentiating between rugby league and rugby union. If they call it NRL and rugby union, I think that would be a good plan. Yeah. It's wasted breath. It's a bit like us with soccer. It doesn't matter how much times you can argue and tell us soccer is football. Yep. We're always correct. Same, same as with the Yank. doesn't matter how many times rugby league is different to rugby, call it. Correct. So I think, it, yeah, I think that's a no brainer. So I, I, it wasn't, Volandis, you said that it was an, an opinion article I read in the Herald, but I th- it made sense to me a hundred percent. I think it's a great idea. Look, what I've also been impressed with Volandis, Gilly, and that they've been on it. They haven't. Well, yes, they've said yeah, we want to grow the game, but they've said the main rate established a foothold in the US bet, which worries me a bit because I'm not pro betting, and but I understand financially why they're doing. It. And, and the fact they've been yes, not you know not having John Rebo type vision. You know, they're all been played in China. Yes. And that sort of rubbish. So, yeah, being quite honest about it. Look, great. I saw a lot of chartered flight of, you know, fans. Heaps of fans have gone over. Just a great, you know, what, what Vegas? If you had Look, a- the only thing I concern, and we, I think we talked about this when we caught up in the holidays, I hope if they have to, they give away tickets just to fill the stadium. Yeah, which I think. Although, uh, but although turn last, on, like it's a, a brilliant brand new stadium. If it looks half empty, it's not going to look great. Yeah, well, it certainly won't be half. I think. That's, that's good to hear. Look, if they give away the tickets for a dollar for the rest of the stadium and people just on the street, just to fill it up, I think that'd be brilliant. Yeah, they want to see a full stadium on TV. The trip will be... No matter what they do, it's going to be compared to the Super Bowl three weeks ago. Same stadium. That's right. That's a big, big shoes to fill. It'll be interesting way that, because it's a four-year plan, is obviously the first year of it, whether, you know, two or three, are they still getting the excitement in Vegas? They'll, they'll still get heaps of Aussie fans go over. Yeah. But, uh, you know, will I have the interest? Will I be able to get a nearly full stadium, mm. et cetera? But, hey, great, great concept. I think it'll be success. Viewing time for us is great. One third, first game at 1 p.m. tomorrow, second game at 3.30. Yep. Back to back. Um, and the way they've done it, so obviously the two, the four teams playing, they get they get next weekend off. Yeah. And the rest of the NRL kicks off. And then we're back to, everyone's back together. No, it's, it's good planning. It's good vision. Yeah, we're critical of NRL a lot. In a lot of, but I think they've got this one right. I think they're doing it the right way. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to having a look and see how it all goes tomorrow. So, as we mentioned, fairly quiet off-season player behaviour. Great. Heap of NRL players in Vegas. What could go wrong? Well, so far, Touchwood been good. I think because they've got to be training. And after yeah. the game, I suspect they'll be straight on the plane home. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the next day they'll be on their way home. So for recovery ready for their, you know, the two weeks later. So the longer they get back, the longer they get to recover and pick up the season proper. Yeah, I think they're on fairly tight, fairly short. I yeah, I think you might be right, which is a good thing. Yeah, I, definitely. Um, So the Azure season itself, Greg, what are your thoughts on how teams, we, we, because of time, we won't do this week, but who did, I guess, did any change? My, no, I, I'm about to say, I actually think it's going to be very similar to the season we had last year. 
in terms of which teams are going to stand out, which teams are going to be at the top, which teams are going to be at the bottom. I think both you and I are going to be in for very long seasons again. I hate to say it, but I really do think you and I will be in for very long seasons being Tigers and Dragons supporters, respectively. I, I suspect so. I don't wish it, but I, that's my honest opinion. I think Penrith is going to be there or thereabouts. I think Brisbane are going to be very strong again. I think, um, yeah, I, I actually think it'll be very similar to what we saw last year. The strong teams the strong teams from last year are still going to be strong by the looks of their rosters. I don't tell at all. I agree with definitely Penrith. You know, very ridiculously hard to do, but they'll still be gunning for four in a row. Brisbane, as you said, look, Melbourne up there as always. Look, I think Warrior, that'll be interesting to see whether last outlier season or whether continue it up because they were fantastic last year. They were fantastic last year. And I, I hope for rugby league and the game, for strong rugby because that's, we view it from our eyes, but in, they're second rate compared to the rugby union in New Zealand, whether we like it or not. They, 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 you know, they're not as well followed as the rugby union over there, but they were great to watch. And I hope for the growth of the league and its existence in New Zealand, they continue to do so well. Yeah, and the fans over there, as you said, not as many of rah rahs, but they're very passionate. Yeah, and they really get get into it. Look, the the rabbits and the roosters, thereabouts as yep. well. I think probably the teams will question mark how they'll go. I mentioned the Warriors because you never know with them. Uh, Parramatta, yep, in the finals last year. Well, will they improve it? Go back to probably their their true ability. I think Canberra's look. Canberra's always a unknown quantity as are the Titans. As you said, like very similar last. Year. Yeah, look, I think. And I hate, can't stand them. I'm going to say this. I think Manly could be an improver. I think they could be too. Very... I think they've made some nice additions to their overall team. And I, I think, yeah, I, as you say, I'm not a fan of Seagulls, but I think they might be one that could be an improver. Potentially, yes. Look, in terms of our team, said I think they're probably going to struggle, but they will improve. I hope Maybe. so. But yes. Look, Tigers looked very ordinary in that trial last week. Dragons looked a lot better. Take nothing out of trials, mate. I didn't even... I I know. Look, I know, I know trials uh, and Dragons won, and I still take nothing out of it. Yeah. Um, Probably, look, another team around, hanging around the eight. Sharks as well. Got a good team. Look, the night, they're going to be thereabouts again. Mm. Yeah, it's Dolphins, teams. Dolphins, I think, will be okay again. Yeah. They're, they're, look, I think the Dolphins, I said this last year, I know they didn't, but I think they could sneak in around the eighth place, a bit like Newcastle. Look, probably another couple of teams, question mark. Is so the Cowboys have gone from having an exceptional season, a very poor season. Do they bounce back, or or was making finals go? Did they hopelessly overachieve? That that remains to be seen. As how how they fare with all that. We mentioned Newcastle, you know, who made obviously made the finals last year, and you mentioned Manly and the Bulldogs. Bulldogs well need to improve, don't they? They've bought well on on paper. They should be a lot better than they are, even last year. So if things start to gel. I don't know, but yeah, they've got a lot of improving to do for the money they've spent. Look, I think they will. Drew Hutchinson, I think, will start. It's going to be the starting half, it seems. Um, but that's the problem, the halfback, I think. Yep. Look, they didn't have a lot of luck last kick out getting injured early. Look, Crichton being there, well, and he's the captain, which has you know, raised a few eyebrows, but I don't think it's a bad move. No, I don't think it's a bad move either. I, I think um, Reed, who's a lot better player, stopped up last year. So I think it will free him up a bit. Yep. Worry about his game thing. But they, they need. I think Serraldo will be under pressure if they at least go very, if not make the eight. Go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Totally agree with that, that assessment. All right. So, who's your tip for the spoon? Someone's got to get it. Look, I good question. I I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think you and I could be fighting it out. Yeah, no, I think we could. But there's always, isn't there? There's always a team, one team that really are better. 
think, and one that goes a lot. So who that's going to be, I'm really not sure. It, look, comes down to early games, comp, that's what it always comes to. I look at the Tigers, and, you know, you look at it and go, where's, the, where's their first wing in the comp? Yeah. I think they're not going to beat that mob. They're not going to beat them. Penrith in round six, although they somehow beat them. Um, yeah, you sort of, I guess it's a thing, though, isn't it? It just shows the, where the professionalism, how elite, how, how strong. Yeah, look, I guess at the end, there was a bit of a gap between the top and the bottom in the end. Like, you know, there was a big gap between Penrith and the Dragons or Brisbane and the Dragons in the end. They, they weren't that competitive. Uh, and then your boys were the same. And I don't know what either team has done particularly to change that this year. Apart from new coaches. Apart from new coaches. Um, look, Benji's untried for the Tigers, so interesting to see how that goes. And Flanagan's after the dramas he had at the Sharkies. And look, he's a premiership winning coach, so credit to him. But see where, what he does with the Dragons on, you know, a bit of you know, his second coming, I guess, isn't it? It is. Yeah, a bit of a redemption perhaps. But yeah, as you said, premiership winner. So, got it. you know, and obviously Benji, great football brain, but doesn't always. Look, I'm confident he'll do quite well. Only thing in the Tigers' favours is zero. Yes, that is very true. They're going out with nothing to lose. And Hopefully. I hope they, if they play like that, with that confidence that they, they, that could work in their favour. Look, as you said, if, if North Queensland continued to slide like last year, they could end up Wooden Spoon because they haven't made huge changes up there either. No, they haven't. I would, that would make me laugh very happy. Oh, I know in your household that would. It would be with a, with a uh, North Cowboy supporter amongst us. But yeah, probably won't slide that much. They're that sort of team. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish really low. I wouldn't be surprised if they make top four. I was going to say that. They could, they could, I could see North Queensland getting the wooden spoon, but I could see them finishing in fifth as well. They're that, that, that sort of team. Yeah, they are. Yeah, when they fire, they fire. Look, my, my last thought, obviously, Perch Broncos, who they've got a lot. They're going to absolutely, what's the word? Steaming. They're keen as having a great, having the NRL trophy in their hands. And, oh, they did. They shit the bed. They had it. They had it won. Yeah, <laughs> well said. They have said. Now, I just wonder with them, as good as he was, um, Ezra Man, you know, nearly so single-handedly, they signed him for a five. Mm. To me, are they not looking at their record? About what? A fair while ago now, seven years ago, their best player in the grand final and would have been Clive Churchill if they had a one against the Cowboys, mm. was our mate who's now at the Dolphins. Yep. <laughs> What's helped me, Greg? Um, oh. Bill Milford? Yes, Anthony Milford. Anthony Milford. And he, he was great in that grand final. Signed him on a big long-term deal. That was the end of it. Yep. Not saying, look, Uzerman is going to be better than that, I hope. But I just want, yeah. Yeah, it's a long, it's a big commitment, isn't it? If it doesn't okay. pan out the way you think. No, potentially. It's like an absolute gun and produced on the biggest stake. But I would think, you know, if you're a club, maybe a three-year deal. Yeah. Top. Yeah, give yourself a bit of room to move. But I guess it also. Yeah, that's true. They break him as quick as they sign him anyway. Yeah, they're my thoughts. I think, yeah, looking forward to the season, getting getting stuck into it, of course, as we always do with um, the NRL. After a couple of weeks, start talking about origin, you know, Queensland going about their business quietly and New South Wales going to pick 100 blokes. Yep, with a new coach. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah. No, that will be. Will be. Um, yeah. No, looking forward. Um, one thing I had to say, a little bit sad, is I don't know if you heard, um, speaking of 100 players, is, um, you know, David Morrow, the accommodator for the ABC and yep. also I think he's at 2GB or was. Yep. Yeah, he stepped down immediately. He, uh, he um, diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's been a, a long-standing but, commentator of league for yeah. as long as I can remember, actually. No. Particularly no. on the ABC. Firsty. Firsty Murray. Look, yeah, yeah. and he's decent. Look, loved his enthusiasm. He was a bloke that had 
five jumbo jets on every kangaroo tour when he commentated every bloke kangaroo tour year bloke right that's just wrapping himself a seat on the plane it's a lot oh, how many blokes they take half the nrl no but no for more reports champ sat but very sad news but anyway fought fought it david and his family but yeah, no, I said really, really good. And yeah, that'll be it, Greg. We'll be into, yeah, you know everything's right, don't you? Season start, start whinging about commentators. Yep. Start whinging about the media. Phil Gould. Start whinging about Phil Gould. Phil Gould, Buzz Rothfield, Paul Kent. Yes, yep. It'll all come rolling back around again. And we love it. Absolutely. All right. I think we're done, my friend. I think we're done for our first one for the year. Look, thank you so much. I don't think we welcomed our loyal start, but. We did, and that was a bit sad, wasn't it? But thank you for those who've hung around and we're, we're really glad to be back. Hope you actually get the notification. There's a new one going up and, you know, download this one, have a bit of a listen to it. Have a listen. And look, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. And yeah, we're looking forward to joining you. Greg, it may not, may not. For, it may not this year at the moment. It may might not be, be every fortnight. We might try and do fortnightly. Um, this one will go up to with Saturday the 2nd. So it should be up on Sunday the 3rd. And we might do that pattern where we do record Saturdays and post on Sundays fortnightly from now on just to manage our time for this year. So we'll try that and see how we go. I think that's a good plan. Yeah. But anyway, look, we look we enjoy having a chat. Yeah, we thank everyone who does, does tune in. Yeah. We look forward to uh, having a chat throughout the year. Well said. Thanks for your time this morning and we will probably be back in a fortnight. Okay. Catch everyone next. Bye for now.